Invest me in my motley, give me leave to speak my mind, and I will through and through cleanse the foul body of the infected world, if they will patiently receive my medicine. Welcome back to Starving Out of Phoenix. This is Tony Machete. I'm with Lauren McKay. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Not too bad. <laughs> You'll never know, but we just had a really nice beginning of a conversation that will never actually exist <laughs> was, in life. It was um, beautiful. Yeah, it was good. We had some really profound moments. I like, cried. Tears were shed. I cried. Um, I laughed. I, I learned. I loved. Um, but back to Lauren McKay and her life here. Um, you were telling me a little bit about how you were pretty much growing up the only child, moved from Tempe to Chandler mm -hmm. when you were first born, yeah. kept your whole life. Yes. Um, but you have a really big family outside of the state? Yes, in primarily Iowa. Both my parents are from the same small town in Iowa, but they they didn't know each other growing up. It just so happened that they were from the same town. It's, a, it's kind of like a little movie love story. <laughs> they moved out here separately and then met at my aunt's wedding. Okay. And where my dad was like, I don't know if they were... Anyway, they met at a wedding uh -huh. in Arizona, started dating. Then, oh, that's... Yeah. So, I... Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> well, yeah. so after they got married and had me, they lived in Arizona. And they just decided to be out away from the Midwest. They liked the weather here, primarily during the winter, <laughs> which I have grown to... Resent, and that's what I was saying before. Is that I just I feel like when I was a kid growing up in Arizona, I just resented being here by myself, and so I really, in turn, took that and became such an independent and introverted person when I was younger that I think I missed out on a lot of artistic things that I could have been doing in the yeah. Like when I was when I was younger, my mom always tried to get me to do like youth theater. Hobbies. Yeah. Things, yeah. And I did sports as a kid. Okay. So that was my main my main sport was softball and I played that all through my entire academic career. I played it in grade school all the way through varsity in high school at Chandler High, which is literally right down the street from where we are right now. Was that like a family thing or how did you end up? No, it was just uh, I I had always been like, I have an athletic, not build necessarily, but I I was just, athletics came a little yeah. bit easier to me. Okay. And because of that, I was able to thrive in the academic area. And I think that the, or not academic, the <laughs> sports, athletic, we'll thank you. Let's go. We'll cut, we'll, cut, we'll cut it out, we'll cut it out. Get in post. Um, Okay, so you were like just kind of naturally gravitated towards yes. softball. You did it through most of your like junior high, high school career. Yes, and then... yes, and um, I think it was it wasn't until high school that I really broke out of my shell. And I know softball helped me help that the breaking out of the yeah. shell. <laughs> um, but then I started to do theater in high school. I was always artistic. I love drawing. I love painting. I love just working with my hands specifically. And I think that, in turn, being in high school, being in sports, and then being in theater brought out the personality that, it was just, it was kind of a flicker of personality in high school. <laughs> Definitely, I was, I, I had my own little group, and then once I was out of high school is when I really, I feel, became the person that I am. Yeah, I would assume it probably forced you to get on that a little bit. Yes. Thing. So what, what drove you to take that first theater class thing? If you had already been pushed into it before, you well, never felt there? Well, actually, I think, I think what it was is I, I loved watching television, and I loved watching being immersed in stories, movies, television, and I think that... Like, I, I became really obsessed with certain TV shows, and I was like, ooh, what if I could be an actor? I could be like them, ooh. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I honestly think that's what initially drove me to be, like, to take the theater class, or be, it wasn't, I didn't initially take the theater class, I initially okay. got involved in our, like, drama club. Okay. At, at, So you didn't necessarily have school. to be in one to be in the other? No, no. No, because I was too afraid to take the actual class. <laughs> I was too. I was like, mm, I'm shy. When, in actuality, 
Like if if you, if my parents were asked if I was shy as a kid, they would say no. But if I asked myself, I would say yes. It's a different kind of shy. I feel yeah. Like you, there's people who are really shy in a way that they never really want to show too much themselves, but they like to be in the controlled situations where they can be like exactly. And even I mean, I still hold on to those aspects today when I'm. Uh, first introduced to someone yeah. I will it takes a little bit for me to open up and show my real my true colors because those colors are bright <laughs> and they hurt your eyes sometimes that's fair but but I like the colors I like the colors that I give off one needs a little splash of color every now and then yes yes and after we talk a few times the color comes out like I feel like the colors coming out a little bit as we further we talk <laughs> yes it's it's like when Dorothy first comes from the exactly. from Kansas and it's all yes. sepia toned and all of a sudden step exactly. out the door and it's Lauren. That is me. <laughs> you are that, Oz. That yeah. now that you said that, I'm going to use that as a metaphor for my life. Perfect. Wow. Thank you so much. Here it is. You recorded. I came up with it first. It yes, comes up it again. is. It is. Steady, I steady. And I love, <laughs> I love Wizard of Oz. It's one of my favorite all-time stories. Wonderful. Yes. Good cop. Uh, well, all right, so what do you feel like held you back from it when you were a kid? Was it just knowing that you were shy? I think it was social anxiety. Yeah. I really, I, that's, I think that's the bottom line is that I grew up just an anxious kid. Anxious and it, it, that really carried, I mean, I still have anxiety. Everybody, I think, has anxieties in their sure. own ways yeah. today when it comes to work and class and school and degrees and just everything that especially an artist goes through I feel like artists have a little bit higher anxiety than most people but I mean that's it's all subjective but I really do believe that my I, I just kept myself back were your parents kind of creative types then if they were kind of suggesting theater like my I, I my dad my dad was much more of my dad's a construction worker he works in construction and um, so he's he's the one who kind of taught me how to work my, with my hands. Okay. And my mom is, uh, yeah, she comes from a very creative family, very uh, artistic family, comedic. And I think that she definitely, and I know they both saw it in me okay. when I was alone, and they wanted to bring it out. They just didn't know how to do it properly, and I was too afraid. Right. Like, when I was younger, I specifically remember my mom wanted me to go um, get into um, the youth theater that's in. It's uh, Valley Youth Theater. Okay. The one yeah. where, like, Emma Stone sure. right, yeah. was and uh, Jordan Sparks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Emma Stone is award-winning. They did it. It was all them. Yeah. And because uh, I, I even saw Emma Stone in Winnie the Pooh when I was a kid. Because oh, cool. I used to go to Valley Youth Theater all the time. And I would sit in the front, because like, the little kids could sit in the front row, and I would just watch. And So even when you didn't think you were going to do it yourself, you still like to be there? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And my mom really is, is who got me into going to theater, specifically. We would go to Gamage shows when I was a kid. My first show was Beauty and the Beast. And I'm so excited for the movie that's coming out. <laughs> and it's, it, she's the one who really got my joy of theater like who implanted it into me um she she liked doing theater she was much more behind the scenes person okay. when she was younger and yeah she kind of instilled it at, in a young age okay. with me going to see every show you could think of so what does one do just in in the drama club without being in like the main stage shows and stuff what were you doing in that? so it was mostly at my high school we would do kind of fundraisers that involved theater. My favorite thing is that we went to Schnepp's Farm, which is uh, a farm in Chandler, Queen Creek area, and they have like a little train. So during Halloween time, we would get dressed up and like scare the people on the train. <laughs> so that's what our drama club would do. That's awesome. Or our ITS, International Thespian Society. Thespians, as we yeah. have a Thespian chapter here too. Yeah, that's right. So. That's what we did. That's one of the things. We would also just collect pop tabs and really oh, small okay. things. But it, it started opening the doors for me. And just the people were very inviting. 
the theater, every, everyone who was there was just so inviting and made me feel very comfortable to be who I was. Was it kind of like, not to try and psychoanalyze, but was it kind of <laughs> like the, uh, like, a family thing? Like, I've noticed oh, like, yeah. if you're comfortable with, like, the, the team aspect of, like, being oh, a softball, yeah. and oh, if you said yeah. you resented being a taken away from a bigger family, was that, like... Oh, totally. Uh, no, that makes that makes complete sense. Yeah. It was very much, like, a family. Like, my softball team was a family. My, my ITS, my theater people, the people who, like, the little yeah. group I had in high school, okay. we didn't have a name or anything, but... <laughs> But we were, yeah, we yeah. were, we were a family, and it was, yeah. and it came with its own ups and downs and dramas, and <laughs> yeah. Do you still keep in touch with a lot? Oh of yeah, that oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they, yeah, <laughs> they've changed so much, in a good in good ways. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And it's just it's it's so nice to see, you know, people who you knew back when you were younger. And how you've grown, and how they've grown, and it's just such beauty. <laughs> so, at what part, at what points, um, did uh, music start to incorporate itself into this? Oh, music! Well, <laughs> so again, with I was I was shy, so I would sing. I I loved singing, just being a little kid and singing. But if ever somebody. Like, if ever my mom said, Lauren, you should sing this song. And she tried and put me in front of people. And oh, like, God. No. Not like she would, <laughs> right. Lauren, sing this song. But I just spat everywhere. <laughs> um, but I would always just curl up and say, no, no, mom, no. Wait, I'm shy. I'm just always, just give the. Right, yeah. You don't want to be put on the spot. Definitely not. And I never did. And yeah. so I... I liked, I had a pretty natural singing voice. I was gifted that, that way, thank goodness. Um, but I never publicly sang. I, uh, my parents got me a guitar one year for Christmas and I started kind of teaching myself how to play guitar. I really, um, Avril Lavigne was one of my, uh, I just, I basically wanted to be Avril Lavigne when I was a kid. You're wearing a lot of checkerboard. Yes, a lot of checkerboard, um, lots of ties, <laughs> lots of, uh, sneakers, straighten my hair as flat as I could get it. Um, yeah, Avril Lavigne was my first concert. I was obsessed with her when I was a little kid, but, um, so I wanted to be a rock star. But I was shy, <laughs> so it, it it contradicted itself a lot. Yes, um, and it wasn't until my friend Melanie, who was like kindergarten all the way through high school, one of my best friends, we we wanted to sing a song for a friend's birthday party, and she'd always and we we both did um, the drama club together and oh, everything. Cool. Okay. And the first the first time I ever sang like publicly. Um, was in high school. We did it for a friend's birthday party. We sang Just Dance, Lady Gaga. Just nice. had just like started getting wow. hot, yeah. and I played guitar and we sang. We had this little duet, and I was like so nervous. And there's even a video. I'm sure it's still on YouTube of us doing <laughs> oh, that. I wish I would have looked for that. When I, was I, I if I find it, I'll send it to you. Please do. Be embarrassed. I'll, it's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the first time, and like my hands were shaking. I could hardly play the guitar, and I was in high school. Yes. And I, uh, but since then, it has like my music, my musical career, if you yeah. will, has just gone up and up. I went in. That was my junior year. So uh -huh. senior year, I started seeing in our barbershop class. That's, yeah. Is at, that a uh, barbershop class? Yes, in Chandler at Chandler High. There. Um, choral director, Lori Lyford, is an amazing choral director who, like, specializes in barbershop, and um, she even has her own, the Scottsdale Chorus is one of the, like, most world-renowned um, female Sweet Adeline's barbershop group, and, like, if you look them up, they're amazing. Um, I've been to a few of their rehearsals. A lot of people from my high school sang with them. Um, they're very inspirational, and they've gone all over the the world competing, and ages from 16 to like 85, 
of women just wow. banding together. It's it's very inspirational. So is it a pretty large group then at any given oh, time? Yeah. Then? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like 40 plus, I think, and they're ever switching in and out. And, um, but yeah, so I, I started, I have obviously have a lower toned voice, so I was the bass <laughs> in, uh, in Barbershop, which was, it was really fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and it, it's, it's an, that was another team building yeah, sure. family for sure. So was it like an immediate switch that got flipped after that first performance? Like I you think got it up was. there and you're like, I can do this. Well, I think, I mean, obviously I think there was a switch that flipped, yeah. but it was kind of like, it was more like a, <laughs> I can do a little more. <laughs> yeah. Like not a switch, but a, a a dimmer <laughs> yes a dimmer thank you thank you I like that. it's the dimmer it was a dimmer for sure um, and yeah then I started playing a lot more guitar me and Melanie did a lot more songs we even wrote our own songs for well song one song um, for our friends graduation because we were juniors and they were seniors and so yeah so so senior year of high school is when I really started getting into music and then, but theater acting was was something that was growing as well, and it it just it it was I was able to express myself in ways that I hadn't before, and I it was very addicting. Yeah. So. Were you like picking up piano at the same time, or was that later on? Oh, I had <laughs> I had taken piano when I was a kid, and so I was able to learn music theory at its basic level, and so. I had kind of abandoned it as I went forward, which I regret. I wish I had kept doing piano. Um, and I, it, it was kind of like guitar where I taught myself how to how to play and things like that. But yeah. So when, uh, when did you start auditioning for the main stage shows? Was was this earlier on or like not until your junior senior no, year? No, yeah, not till my junior year was when I really got up the courage to, yeah. to actually do it. And... Um, did you already pretty much know a lot of people in the department at that oh, time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and it was kind of like, Lauren, why didn't you do this sooner? Like my mom <laughs> was saying back when I was a kid. So it's like a common theme throughout my life of not doing things sooner. So I'm trying to learn how to, how to grab life by the, yeah. The life source. Yes. And uh, kick it in the teeth when I can. But yeah, so... Okay, so you've graduated from high school at this point. You're, yep. You're in the same town. So yes. You, why did you decide to stay? I guess was that an option or? I I think I was. Well, I attended ASU, yeah. and I didn't really think of going anywhere else. And I think it was. It goes back to being that independence and yet at the same time not wanting to leave <laughs> and yeah I think it was just fear probably fear of failure fear of and money you know <laughs> that makes it that it, in yeah, state really tuition does. is is nice and um, I think that was and, and even going into at ASU I had a I wasn't I hadn't decided what I wanted to study. Oh, so you weren't theater from the get-go? No, not okay. in the beginning. Not freshman year. I think I was, I I kept saying to myself, oh, I'll study theater, but it'll change. It'll change. That was something that I kept saying to myself. And um, it ended up not changing. And I'm glad it didn't because I had a great time at ASU. And I learned a lot. And I had amazing experiences. I wish I could have taken more classes uh did you stick mostly to i'm not really sure how asu's theater mm -hmm. system works so you stick mostly to performance when you're doing it there yeah, yeah there you have the chance to when you're a theater major you have the chance to develop a um concentration so you can uh -huh. go into design and production which is much more developed and or you could go to the acting concentration which when i went they were just kind of starting the, the concentration and not many people participated. So I don't think, I think that's why I didn't participate in the like acting concentration. But I, most of my friends were design and production concentration. So I, I developed a, like 
I lived with a lighting designer who was dating a sound designer who then was friends with a media designer and other lighting. So it's just, it was, I was much more, the people I hung out with were yeah. much more design and production. But Did you dabble in that yourself at all? I, I liked set construction and that goes back to working with my hands. Yeah, and I still, right? yeah, I still, I still try and um, do that. I currently work at uh, as an overhire technician at Mesa Arts Center. So, nice. so, and I'm trying to keep my craft up because I know, and I enjoy yeah. backstage carpentry work, stage hand type thing. I enjoy that, and I know that that's much more obtainable necessarily, or uh, than acting can be. So, if I can just surround myself in theater, I'll be fine. So, do you ever? That was kind of jump into yeah from there mm -hmm. like that's something that gets kind of drilled into performers from pretty early on is yeah. that like it's one in a million chance one in a lifetime like, yeah thing that you're gonna make it type of thing do you feel like that hangs over your head like as you're pursuing a career in acting I think I mean it's definitely there but the last few years I've tried to think of it more as a personal it's just about being personally true so if you find joy in doing little things here and there then it will pay off and yes getting paid to do certain theater is nice when it comes but sometimes it's it, you have to make sacrifices and have a few jobs in order to do what you love um, that's, yeah. That's good, realistic way of looking at it. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I try. I've been doing a lot of yoga, trying to, trying to <laughs> balance, root my feet in the ground, and not. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm um, obviously very rooted right now. Yeah, right on the ground. <laughs> um, okay, so but you were able to get a lot further into like getting performance credit, I guess, and performance experience while you were in college. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, would, I, do you ever feel like there was a specific show that you felt like made it easier for you? Like, to, or made you decide that this is what you really wanted? To well, and then, again, with with ASU, they had a uh, student-run organization, and they still do, uh, entitled Binary Theater. Binary Theater, I was going to ask Yeah, uh, I was really involved with Binary when I was at ASU. My first show I did there, um, it, it really brought me to believe that what I was doing was important and and just what I wanted to do. I think that binary is a great opportunity for students on its own, and it again was another family that I was a part of at ASU. So where did that come from, that organization? Um, it came from a group of students who wanted to make their own theater and didn't necessarily want to... Uh, it, it was basically that. They wanted to make their own theater. They wanted to design, direct, act, write their own theater, um, perform their own in their own space, uh, producing their own stuff without the, you know, total influence of a university. Did you have, like, a, a staff or a faculty sponsor or something? Yeah, that how um, but I don't think that they were... They weren't necessarily a part of projects, which was good because we, we as a, the binary... Because I was on the board for two years the and... The acting representative, right? Yes, I was. The acting representative, um, I think, for 2013 to 2016, like, end of 13. Yeah. Um, and as, when I was on the board, it, we created, I'm kind of, I lost what I was going to say. Oh, so, but, so you were saying that the faculty involved themselves were not too much? Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, we'd have board meetings every week, talk about, and, and students would, other students outside of the board would propose their projects, and we as a board would come together and do pros and cons, budgeting, things like that. It, it was it was its own working sustainable company. 
and asking all, answering all the questions I had before I, I asked <laughs> okay. them. This is great, but um, I want to talk a little bit more about like the proposal system. Mm -hmm. So you're only accepting student submissions, right? Like that's kind of what it was yeah. like for the yeah. students, by the students, everything. Exactly. How did you determine what you wanted to do? Well, towards the end of, we tried to create like a even system for people's proposals where we would all take a script or a project and individually we would read it, we would go over it. Um, in, in the proposal, um, the people, whoever the project head was, would point out their budgeting, what they want for this, their designers, um, and then you kind of look at it pros and cons. Do you have to pay for a script? Is it uh, student written about budgeting? Do they have a design team? Because the project head would function on their own because we're giving them liberties. You would have a space, you would have these things, and it's, it's very much uh, what you think will, what, what you think is important to a story to tell, mm -hmm. and budgeting, unfortunately. <laughs> we wish we could have yeah. produced everything that we got because most of the proposals had so much love and and uh, so there wasn't necessarily yeah. like a mission statement you guys were going for well, like we, a we, we had a mission statement yeah. and I could not tell you that right now <laughs> because it feels like it has been centuries since I was on that board but oh yeah and it was it kind of came down to quality and yeah, and it's kind of like puzzle fitting, you know, if it fits, because we had a certain amount of shows that we could do, that we could afford doing, um, with space and time, and and the project head would do all their own scheduling, so they would have to find rehearsal space and everything. It was basically, we were in charge of a space, we were in charge of facilities, we were kind of like the, uh, the boat that took people to their... Destination. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting position to be in. And yeah. as a board member, I mean, how how specifically as an acting representative were you, like, asked to, like, present yourself? Like, where... So... Yeah. Uh, well, as an acting representative, I would go and I would meet with the directors. I would try and stay in contact with them if they had any, uh, like, questions about how they're rehearsing or how they're, um, I, I did a few weapons, um, stage, stage, uh, combat. yeah, well not stage combat, but, oh man, we had a, a prop weapon that I was, I learned how to, and I, I, yeah. I'm out of, I am out of touch with that part of my career, but I used to be able to do safety inspections on oh, the okay. on the weapon that we had so to teach the the cast or crew how to how to handle the the prop um, and I would come in and if they needed to lead vocal exercises or warm-ups I could lead that I was just kind of like a, a, a guide if they needed help with any part of the acting or directing aspects of a show how essentially how'd you step into that well I really enjoyed working with binary I had done a few shows with them before I was on the board as an actor and the head of binary at the time was a really good friend of mine and he talked to me about the idea of coming on the board and possibly because they had had the the acting representative, uh -huh. they had it established when they first created Binary, but then it kind of, it just didn't, the the position didn't keep on for the years that they had had it, it kind of wasn't filled. Okay. And he saw that I had the potential of filling that position again, so he talked to me and I, I loved the idea because I loved Binary, I loved what it represented at ASU and just in general in, about in theater so, so they kind of made it happen for you yeah yeah which was awesome and then I was able to pass it on as well did you 
have like kind of direct hand in picking who it was next, or is it voted by the board? It, it was kind of voted. Um, it was it was similar to the uh, to the proposals where people okay. people um, like apply for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was interviews and and things like that. Like I was interviewed when I initially was, but I don't think there was anyone else <laughs> up for the job <laughs> at that time. But so you had a good shot. I yeah yeah, and it was it was I liked it I liked doing it I liked being involved I I, I wasn't as involved as a lot of the people that were on the board, um, artistically, but it was a good experience for sure. Yeah. And I noticed that they did at least this season when I've seen it. They they're doing a few capstone projects. Yeah, that so was a common. That's always been kind of been a part of it. Yeah. Do um, you guys accept them from outside the organization, or is it mostly that like community members already in there that are doing it? No, no. It, that yeah. we we want we that's what we wanted as as binary is to have students like even from sustainability school all these schools coming together yeah it was much more common that it would be a theater um student uh sometimes grad students would propose their thesis projects um lots of capstones got uh proposed like that yeah cool yeah that's that's a really good function i feel like because i mean the capstone is one of the kind of scariest things to like oh, yeah. try and track down and get, especially if you're doing your own thing. And I feel like it's nice to already have a system in place. To, oh yeah, uh, and, yeah, and take care of you one of the first shows that I was in at Binary was somebody's capstone oh, cool. project, and it was probably with Binary was one of the best experiences I've had as an actor. It was mind altering in so many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so I mean, within since you got to be in part of this little like I don't know collective, this kind of like think tank thing, yeah. And you've you already dabbled a little bit into acting, and you've done some stagecraft now, some junior stuff. I mean, did you explore any other avenues while you were there? Writing, directing? Oh, like I am um, yeah. directing. Yes, I. I was able to. I had the pleasure of directing my friends. Um, play his first play that he wrote um it's about dreams and and the manifestation of how our passions and things like that can overcome us and our drive to for power and there's lots of was lots of no 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 that was um um it was called unkindness okay and this is back in 2013 gotcha okay yeah um that was a beautiful experience I had a great team and Canyon and I were kind of co-directors but he was primarily the writer and I pretty much led most of the rehearsals and like I said we had a great team um, it was a great experience for everyone involved and I liked being in charge but at the same time I liked having someone in charge with me to make more decisions because yeah. <laughs> so I even have it in my notes. That's how shows how bad I am. That said, direct, you directed on kindness. Um, oh. <laughs> but uh, so that's that's an interesting thing though, because uh, I mean, working that collaboratively with somebody who this is their baby. Like mm -hmm. they wrote this, they directed oh, yeah. it. They're getting a grade for it. Mm -hmm. Like, do you ever? Did you? Was there ever any kind of pressure on you? Do you feel like for being the oh, yeah. outside person coming in? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, these these were friends. Yeah. So. And me and Canyon Stewart, who's the writer of it, we're we're very similar in our in our own ways. Like he's also an only child. Um, we we became very close, uh, especially during unkindness. But so it was easier to to work with him on that level. And I would always check in with him in case there was something. Communication, I feel, is like one of the best tools that you can use in <laughs> any relationship ever, and I think that and honesty. Sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we had a good communication. We had good communication for the most part with our designers, and I think that that was a big. But yes, it it, it is kind of yeah. mind blowing that you're 
that you're in charge of someone else's art, essentially. Was that ever frustrating on the other side of it in that, I mean, yeah, theater's always set up to be kind of a collaborative piece and the director's always kind of had the ability to put their own twist on things. Mm -hmm. I mean, was it ever like frustrating to maybe not have as much leeway in that way? Well, I think I was still a little scared to make any big decisions that it being my first like, directing experience <laughs> that wasn't in a class setting. So, so you were kind of fine with just doing the technical side of it kind of and like doing yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I did have moments where it felt like I don't know, it was kind of like the director hat came on and the the like power. Yes, like <laughs> Oh yeah, there was moments, but it didn't take over, and I'm glad it didn't because I feel like in those situations, it, it, it has to be collaborative. It can't be just. I at least I don't appreciate being in a room where a director is just pointing and saying, "Do this, do this, do this." It works sometimes, but I just don't. That's just not how I work. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, so. What was your capstone? My capstone! I, uh, <laughs> I wrote, directed, starred in a one-woman piece. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was... Uh, Why did you decide to do one-woman piece? Well, since I was... Like, since I started at ASU, I would always do something, like, physically. Like, I'd be walking down the street... And I'd do something crazy, <laughs> and I would say, "That's my capstone." It was—it would just became a joke. It became yeah. a joke that, oh, I'm doing this for my capstone. It was for like, the listeners at home, Lauren is waving her arm over her head. Yes, like <laughs> interpretive dance. I would just joke that whatever I was doing, strange act would be a part of my capstone, and somehow, I'm sure it was in a binary setting. But I was like in the prism, which is where binary, um, which space binary uses. It's like a black box. Um, there was no show at the time. Motorcycle. <laughs> there was no show at the time, so it was like an empty space. And we had an exit sign, and there was a there was one light on me in this space, and I had an exit sign in my hand, and I said, "There is no exit." <laughs> and I looked off into the distance, and I said my capstone coming soon and I just it was a joke um, and I can't remember when that was probably my sophomore year but then this joke came from it and it was just like there is no exit and people kept telling me that I needed to do a one-woman show people were telling me to do this because I like doing many different skills I would consider myself a skilled person I like to specifically physical skills um, I like to master things and show them off okay. like a true actor I um, <laughs> like there was a point where I did card tricks in high school um, I did balloon animals for a little bit caricatures which we'll talk about yes <laughs> um, yeah see exactly it's, it's part of it um, I juggling was something that I, I learned in at ASU doing a Liz Duffy Adams play. Interesting. Yes, I had Assyrian was not my first Liz Duffy Adams show. But um, so little skills here and there I tried to I would do. I would I would I do voices, I do faces, I do impressions. So I think people just wanted me to showcase and I wanted to showcase myself. And I also didn't want to work with anybody else. Is <laughs> basically what came down to it. The theme of independence through your whole life. Exactly. Yeah. And ultimately, it was it was a great experience, but I would never do it alone again. Oh, really? Yes. It was so difficult and stressful. I lost about, like, 15 pounds my senior year. Because oh, I was so stressed all the time about doing this capstone. Of course, I loved what I was doing. So the basis of the capstone, it, it was a one-woman show. I had really developed a love for clowning. Um, 
specifically junior, senior year, after I did the Liz Duffy Adams show. Uh-huh. I worked with Brian Foley, who is a clown artist in the Valley. Um, he was studying at ASU with his um, grad directing degree, and um, his, his thesis was to direct a, a show at ASU entitled Dog Act, and it was very vaudevillian. Um, it was like a, a post-apocalyptic show that in, incorporated vaudevillian, and it was written by Liz Duffy Adams, right. who is a brilliant playwright. Yeah. Um, and I learned how to juggle, and then he taught a clown class, and I took the clown class, and clowning became a very big passion of mine because it, again, there is another way I could express myself, not necessarily verbally, because clown is very physical. Uh-huh. Clown is is interacting with the audience on an emotional and physical level, which I really loved. I just love interacting with people. And so I kind of took that at the base of my capstone and I created a character who is like this 50s housewife character because I love that, <laughs> that an image of a 50s housewife. And then I kind of destroyed her. So I wanted this 50s housewife to be destroyed and, and in shambles. And the feminine mystique was one of my uh, bottom, like uh-huh. where females aren't just people in the house, they're... They should be working and things like that. So it kind of had like a feminist undertones. So did the theme come first or the image of the housewife? The housewife, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, it was kind of a character that started in that clown class. But um, I, I was able to find her throughout <laughs> playing. That's what Brian always, he always just called you'd play you'd not necessarily perform but you'd get up in front of your class and and just and just play i think that's a good way of putting it it's a good term for it because i mean it it signifies that you still have to kind of keep the joy in everything Mm -hmm. that you're doing oh yeah and one of the biggest challenges was that i wanted it to be non-verbal so there wasn't really a script or anything like that but it was a it was about a woman who found her voice, and it was titled "There Is No Exit," so it ended up being titled awesome. "What I Would Say." Yeah, and and she she finds her voice, she sings a song, she leaves the house, and that was it was it was a fun. Again, it's on I think it's on Facebook, the in, in its entirety filmed. Yeah. Now, oh, the choice to have it nonverbal except for a song. Was that kind of a security blanket thing? I, well, the, the, I was trying to, I was trying to um, take all those skills of what I learned at ASU Uh and kind of showcase them. So, it, it's hard not to talk and it's also really easy not to talk. Okay. And Clown, no, no, well, Clown is... It's not all about the words. Sure. And so I think that that was a lot of, that was a big part of it. And it was also the idea that like women in the 50s and 60s, they didn't really have a voice. So I didn't want her to have a voice. And even to, to have her sing at the end was, was just me wanting to sing a song, basically. I, I probably, like, and I met with Brian, because Brian was yeah. like my, uh, was my mentor through the project. And even though I didn't, I didn't get his help as much as I should have. Again, me wanting to work by myself. Like I did my own sound design. I did my own costumes. I had, I didn't have lights. I just had. But um, I was able to do it, and I was happy with how it turned out. But I feel lucky that I that I was able to do it on my own, and that it kind of just came. It, it was just like, just at the last week, it was like, okay, it's it's here, and and. Uh, and then it was. And then it was, and it was really, it really was rewarding. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that, but I felt comfortable. Okay. It was one of the, it was one of the more comfortable moments I've had on stage, which is crazy because I had been so anxious about it uh-huh. through its entire process of me making it. 
but... Okay, so I wonder if it does have something to do with the fact that you were relying on talents that you knew you had. That it was oh, yeah. like a showcase of skill after skill. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the easy part. Yeah. It was just kind of fitting those in to a story. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so finished up to Capstone, you graduated from ASU, um, and then you decided to kind of stick around town. So yeah. were you starting to audition locally right away? Yes and no. Um, I have been fortunate enough to be a part of shows since I've graduated that fit me very, very well. You're talking um, about the stuff with AC Theater Company. AC Theater Company, Stray Cat, and now Child's Play. The the shows that I have been cast in and Mesa Arts Center. Well, yeah. so I I've been fortunate enough for the I, I do general auditions as much as I can. Um, because I see, I, I have just, I finally realized that I'm probably going to be in Arizona for a, like a, a year or two more. Okay. I, the main goal is Chicago, and I've been saying that since I was a kid. Um, but I do love Chicago. Um, but I'm, I am really starting to find myself in the Phoenix theater community specifically, in the arts community. Um, but yeah, the roles that I've had outside of ASU have just fit my voice specifically because musicals are something that ASU just does. Or not ASU, pardon me, Arizona. Yes. <laughs> musicals are very, very common because it's what sells, and I can understand that. Sure. Um, and since I have graduated, I have only really been in musicals, which is never something I did at ASU, even though I appreciated it. Sure. I did backstage work for uh, LOT, which is the Lyric Opera Theater of, A of ASU, and I, I enjoy musicals. I like the aspects of them, but I have never been a part of them until I auditioned for Heather's at uh, Stray Cat Theater, which right. is which is just a show that I fit in to, um, typecasting-wise. I was going to say, was it kind of the aesthetic of the show you oh, yeah. to? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and Heather's is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I love the musical when it came out, and it just felt, it just felt too good to be true. And most of the shows that I've done since leaving ASU have just been too good to be true, awesome. and I've been very fortunate. So was, were you going through these in just kind of the general audition process and just kind yeah. of chipped out? Nice. Yeah. Okay. So I would I would hear about a show, and then audition for it. It was it was simple as that, and I I. I only really go after shows if I find something either in the script or music that calls to me. Um, like I, I did Sweeney Todd because uh -huh. Sweeney Todd is one of my, I auditioned because it's one of my favorite musicals of all time. And I think that it can hurt and also harm you if you love something so much and you go and audition for it. Right. Because you know, if you don't get it, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And I had a few auditions right when I uh, got out of ASU that didn't go as well as I wanted them to, and I didn't get booked in on anything, and and I was just, oh, it was hard. It was so hard because I thought I I thought I fit really well. Sure. And um, what'd you do with that? I I mean I I took it and I kind of created this mantra in my own head of you know one door closes another one opens. You, you didn't get this show because you're destined to be in this show or you're destined to do a different project. And I mean, I wouldn't consider myself too much of a spiritual person, but I, I do believe that there is, you know, there's a reason that this didn't happen. It's for, so you could do something else. So you sound like you do a pretty decent amount of research before you go to an audition. You, yeah. you like to go for things that you feel like you'd be a good part of. I mean... Do you ever feel like you're trying to find something that's just going to be a sure thing for you? Maybe. Maybe. I think, I, I definitely, I, I yeah. think that that's the selfish part of me, yeah, uh -huh. sure. But it's also that it, it builds passion sure. in me in that it makes the process from start to finish, finish, so much more enjoyable and challenging on its own 
Because, yeah, it can be... I have had... I haven't really had too many big challenges uh-huh. since I've been out of ASU. Do you feel like you've kind of, like, typecast yourself a little bit? If you're looking oh, at yeah. shows and being like, I could do that, and that's me. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. I, I, I have... I have... Like dream roles that I would never, like, never be cast for. Like what? Um. Well, one of my like all-time favorite. Well, and I could, I could be cast. I could be cast. <laughs> is um, the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. That's awesome. That is like my number one. I just want to be a loud <laughs> man-eating plant. Um. And I think I just also want to do puppetry. That's another passion that I would love to tackle. And I've done a little bit of puppetry, but not as much as I'd want. Um, Yeah. Cool. Audrey Chu, love it. Yeah. Okay. And a a few places around town are doing Little Shop of Horrors. There's always somebody doing Little Shop of Horrors. I know. (laughs) I know. So every time I see an audition, I'm like, (gasps) maybe, maybe this. So when... (laughs) When you look at a, a role like that, though, and you and you tell it, well, I don't know, do you act consciously tell yourself, I wouldn't get that? You know, if you have I, this, yeah. My old self would. Uh-huh. My newer self, the more uh, stable, grounded person, would always have a have a open mind about things, and a hope that, and you know, it it's about showing off who you are. I'm, I've been told that I really flourish in the um, rehearsal room rather than on the audition, in the audition room. And that's, that, that, you know, the audition is what... Yeah, <laughs> that's the part that they look for. Yeah, exactly. It's the interview. It's the first little glimpse. And it's, it's, auditions are fun. So do you, do you feel like even after this time you still get psyched out a little bit by auditions? Uh, oh yeah. Um, I took a class at ASU that really helped me with it. It was, yeah, it was, it was an audition class where basically you just did an audition every day, every class. You do it, you do a different, exactly. But it, it gave it a much more like not stressful feel. Kind of more routine. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I loved it and it really helped me it, it did help me with auditions because I would get those yeah. nerves and I would get them in the class. I still get them. Yeah. But I think it's able. To, I was able to, especially watching all the auditions as well because you kind of acted as the auditors for other people in the class, and it helped. Just helped build a more natural feel to it. So, you were able to translate some skills from ASU obviously into the professional world. Have you? felt a big kind of gap or big kind of uh, difference between performing in these type of shows like the professional shows outside of the college mainstay shows oh yeah um i i definitely feel the professionalism um where you're held to a higher standard which i i appreciate sure because i i try to hold myself to a higher standard because if i don't i will be a lazy I'm a very lazy person. Um, it, it really, especially when there's like, when you get your schedule and you have, you know, you have to have your lines memorized on this day and this day and blah, 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 blah. Um, it feels it feels a lot more like, like a, a job that you love, not necessarily work or classwork. I don't know. It's enjoyable. I've enjoyed it. And I, again, I've been fortunate enough to be in love with every show that I've been in enough that I want to keep working at it. So. And the most recent show, at least that I'm aware of, that you were associated with was 21 Chump Street. Is that right? Well, I, I just... You were um outside in the lobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how did that come about? Like, was... What was the idea for that? I mean, did they call you specifically for that? Or? Well, so I had performed in their previous show of the season, Lizzie, yeah. which is probably what all of my every piece of theater that I had done had been like leading up to that point <laughs> and I was finally I was finally able to be the rock star that I thought I used to be that I wanted to be and um, 
it, it was just again it was another family it was it was it reminded me a lot of binary in that it worked on its own I mean because it was a, a theater company but um, <laughs> but great people and I became friends with um, the because it is a smaller company there's not many there's not too many people um, on the board themselves but I by working on Lizzie I got to get I was close to all the people on the board and they're still kind of establishing themselves too right they're pretty oh, yeah. new in town yeah. oh yeah um, and they're uh, they did a fundraiser the beginning of the year to raise um, money for they, they, did, they have a great um, support local theater which is they um, money for their t-shirts that they have yeah. go to portion of their proceeds go to another arts organization and That's um, awesome. yeah it's really and they're really awesome t-shirts actheatercompany.org I believe is their website but um, so the one of the directors from Lizzie asked me if I would um, do some because she knew I was artistically gifted thank goodness um, in some aspects so I, she asked if I wanted to do some live like painting or art or something. And I was like, what if I did caricatures? And so I did caricatures. Is that your first experience doing that? Or? Yes. Wow. So you were just like, I'm going to do this. Thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow. So pretty, Well, see, and that, yeah. I had always drawn specifically people was like my main. Uh-huh. I, I like drawing people. So I just kind of blew it up a little bit and started practicing caricatures a few weeks before Chump Street opened and then I made I made up a name I made a little poster I did a few of them I just practiced a few and yeah nice. have you found like a nice kind of niche for yourself doing that Do you really I think so yeah. yeah it's just it's kind of the art of finding I mean. where <laughs> where to do it um, specifically and how important do you feel like it is for like just an artist, especially one like kind of on the working on their way up, like to have that multiple skill set, like that really varied skill set, like that. Well, I I just find, and again, I things things come a little easier to me than a lot of people, <laughs> and I know. Ugh. So the trick is to just be talented. <laughs> I I feel so guilty saying it like that. I just, it's not like I. I just do it. I obviously practice and sure, practice and course. practice. Yeah. And but um, you know your strengths. You know yeah. that's that's the thing. I know what I can do, and I take what I can do and try and mold it in a way that I can share it with other people. Is how I'm gonna say it. <laughs> that's how I'm gonna. That's, I mean, yeah. that's a great way of looking at it. Because I mean, uh, yeah, not everybody's strengths are going to necessarily be cartooning or oh, anything yeah. like that or technical theater or anything like that but you know there may be ways that you can capitalize it still and put it towards the artistic career that you want to have oh yeah and I mean you weren't necessarily expecting to like be a part of a theater performance doing drawing I'm sure no exactly no no I wasn't but um yeah that's, that's awesome. I took the I took the jump that I wanted to take and it led me I go off that too. I mean, are you specifically drawn to these kind of alternative theater concepts? Because I mean, the way we met was through a stage reading of a brand new right, play, right? Right. And like doing Twenty One Jump Street, which is what like fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a fifteen minute show. Thing. So I mean, what is it about that that appeals to you? I like not being in the mainstream. <laughs> I like to be different. Living on the edge. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I like I like something that that people can go. Oh, that's interesting. Something new, something that isn't on every TV, isn't on every stage, isn't in every coffee shop. I just I like I like new, exciting stuff, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. Well. That's a good place to kind of wrap it up. Um, I kind of like to uh, end it by asking, you know, what are other artists in town that you feel inspired by that you would kind of want to shout out? Oh, yeah. Um, so 
I'm I'm gonna do my little plug first. <laughs> in in that, so I'm I'm going to be part of a child's play show coming up, and child's play is a children's theater um, in Tempe, Arizona, and it is something that I have grown up with. I used to go to child's play when I was a kid, yeah. and it's kind of it's almost like an unimagined dream coming true of me being on a in a show at child's play. And some of my favorite fellow actors work at Child's Play. Um, one in particular, his name is Rudy Ramirez. He's one of my best friends. I love him dearly. He's just closing up a, um, a Child's Play show entitled The Yellow Boat, which is one of the most beautiful pieces of theater, children, adult, any type of theater that I've seen in almost my entire life it it I, I was able to see it the other day and it was beautiful and what he's done and just child's play and david tars and everybody involved in the yellow boat is just it brought me to tears and it was just cathartic do you and know did that close or is it going on another week? i believe it closed on sunday so unfortunately it's not going on anymore and i know rudy's leaving the valley to pursue his own dreams on the East Coast, which I cannot be more happy for him because he deserves greatness because I was able to work with him um, in Sweeney Todd for the first time, even though I'd known him since ASU. But um, yeah, he's a beautiful artist as well as um, I started working, again, more with AC Theater Company. I highly recommend them. They're a beautiful, newer theater company doing more edgier, uh, musical specifically and I recently worked with a photographer named Eric Thurnbeck who is doing a project um, he's an artist photography drawing painting all types of art and he's uh, doing a product with let's see He's doing a Pride Flag oh, okay. series, and me and my girlfriend were <laughs> some of his subjects. In a, so he'll be, he took our picture, and now he's going to draw it, and it's going to be like a big Pride Flag, um, incorporating all the different LGBTQAP, LMNOP people oh, awesome. out in the world. Yeah, kind of like, a, in a way, a protest of what's happening politically and everything but it, it was it's a I can I'm just getting to know him and his uh, art but he's an amazing artist and um, I'll give it another little shout out to my professor at ASU um, who taught that audition class which is David Barker who is a renowned he's been at ASU for a very long time and has taught so many amazing artist and is a wonderful artist himself he did workshops at my high school mime workshops because he's he primarily in music so I knew him before I knew any other professor at ASU and he's taught me so much more much more than he knows I'm sure Wow. yeah and uh, he does amazing work I know he has a one-man show that he does um, but yeah, I think. Cool. All right, and you kind of touched on a little bit too. But is there anything else you want to plug? Any other yeah. Shows, Facebook, Twitter. So yeah, so I like I said, I'm coming. I'm going to be in a child's play show entitled Wonderland: Alice's Rock and Roll Adventure. I think it's the title. So you're going back to the whole rock star thing. Oh yeah, again, another show that I fit really well into. <laughs> it's a kind of a rock and roll version of Alice in Wonderland. It's a musical. We're going to be playing our own instruments as well. So I, cool. yeah, hopefully I will be playing guitar, maybe a little bass. I've just started to pick up the bass. Um, that opens at Child's Play, which is located there um, in the Tempe Center for the Arts on April 23rd. And it runs until May 21st. Um, again, it's, it's, it's for 
primarily children. It's all types of people. Um, seven and up is what they recommend. And also more recent or more uh, upcoming. I'm, I'm getting a little loopy here at the end of this. Um, blah, blah. But um, I am sound designing for a project at the Desert Botanical Gardens. It's entitled The Source Project. And I am sound designing a piece by Whitney Nelson, who is, um, like I said, it's called The Source Project. It's going to be a, an entire little festival, Earth Festival, at the Desert Botanical Gardens from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on April 15th. That's a Saturday. But, um, yeah, and I'm. it's going to be like all the elements and a lot of different artists are showcasing their own art and I'm doing the sound for one of the one of the exhibits so very cool awesome yeah okay good well uh any other things I don't think so I mean I have like I said the caricatures I'm trying to get a little bit of my name out there check them out they're pretty groovy yeah some right now yes Um, and well the last thing I'd like to ask is, uh, if someone were to try and start an arts career in the Valley right now, what's kind of the advice that you would give them? I would say, keep, keep going, keep making stuff, keep, don't stop making art, keep auditioning, keep drawing, keep practicing, play music. Just get together and have a little jam sesh with your friends or surround yourself with artistic people and your inspiration will come. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Keep making art. I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thank you. If you or someone you know is an artist of any kind who would like to share their experiences working in the Phoenix area, or if you just want to tell me how awesome the podcast is, write into starvingartistsphx at gmail.com. Again, it's starvingartistsphx at gmail.com.